Hey, welcome to Lakeview Sermon of the Week. We're so grateful to have you here, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. Man, it's good to see everybody. Yeah. Um, let's look at Genesis chapter 1. Um, we're starting a new series. We pseudo-started it last week, but it just went off the rails. I just lost my mind. And I, hashtag ruin the service. Thanks, Pastor Matt. But hey, we're okay. We're back on track today. Feeling a little more, little more normal, uh, a little more uh, together. I am a little sleep deprived. Um, don't drive 18 hours in two days. Um, it's a bad idea, but uh, it pays off if you're going to the right thing. So, um, yeah, so God is so good. Um, the first name of God that we come to um, is a very generic name. It's kind of like um, God's name from the get-go um, as we refer to him as, as God, right? Pretty generic. It's not very specific. Um, but we can say God in certain contexts um, and know exactly what the other person's talking about. Does that make sense? Because God is not a subject to be studied. He's a person that is revealed unto us through revelation. That's why one person can say God and a revelation of God come forth and another person say God and it's a curse word. That when we read, you know, I was taught as a kid, right? What's the one word you don't say? The G word. And you better not put another word behind that or you might not make the trip. Right? You're out of there, guy. That's worse than the other word. Hmm. Yeah, and I was always use the text, right? Was shown the text says, "Don't use the Lord's name in." Hmm. Uh, but that isn't what that verse means at all. <laughs> Are you ready for the real meaning? Don't use God's name as God when there's not a corresponding reality in your life that He is your God. That to use it in vain is to use it and to not love Him, know Him, serve Him, and be giving your all to Him. Now that's cursing, is to say you have a relationship with the one true God and use his name and evoke his name and not know him. And this is what really gets Jesus' goat, right? As Jesus says in Matthew 7, there'll be many that call upon me and say, Lord, Lord. And I'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. What's he saying? Don't. Use my name in vain. Is this okay? This is sobering, I know. I get it. So what happened with the, the name of God is, is revelation is always unfolding, right? Like, so you start in Genesis and then you find out the end of the story in Revelation. And so, so this is kind of an ever-evolving thing. But the first name that we run into, the, the reference, the first mention of God is this word called Elohim. And so just to give you an idea um, of how much this word is used just in the first chapter of the Bible, uh, we're going to read the first chapter of the Bible. Okay, you ready? 
And then you guys count. Somebody count because your translation might have more, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. But it's about a certain number. But I would like to see the different numbers that, that y'all come up with. Okay. So everybody get, get your Bible, get your phone out. Just close that Facebook app for just a sec. and just, Or keep scrolling and pretend you're counting with me. You can do that. Okay. You ready? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was without shape and empty, and darkness was over the face of the watery deep. But the Spirit of God is moving over the surface of the water. Now check this out. God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that light was good, so God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. There was evening and there was morning marking the first day. God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate water from water. So God made the expanse and separated the waters under the expanse from the water above it. It was so. God called the expanse sky. There was evening and there was morning the second day. God, do you see where I'm going? God said, let, there be, let the water under the sky be gathered into one place and let the dry ground appear. It was so. God called the dry ground land and the gathered the waters he called seas and God saw that it was good. God said, let the land produce vegetation, planting yield plants, yielding seeds and trees on the land, bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. It was so. The land produced vegetations, plants yielding seeds according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning a third day. God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them be signs to indicate seasons and days and years and let them serve as lights in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth. It was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to rule over the day, the lesser light to rule over the night. He made the stars also. God placed the lights in the expanse of the sky to shine on the earth, to preside over the day and the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning, a fourth day. God said, let the water swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly. Above the earth, across the expanse of the sky, God created the sea creatures and every living, moving thing with which the water swarmed according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. God saw that it was good, God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the water in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. There was evening and there was morning a fifth day. God said, Let the land of the produce living creature let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, cattle, creeping things, wild animals, each according to his kind. It was so God 
made the wild animals according to their kinds, the cattle according to their kinds, and all the creatures that creep along the ground according to their kinds. God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us, hmm, interesting, make humankind in our image after our likeness so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, over all the creatures that move on the earth. God created humankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, roll over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and every creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I now give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the entire earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food and to all the animals of the earth and to every bird of the air and to all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has living breath in it, I give every green plant for food. It was so. And God saw all that he had made and it was very good. The meal tov. <laughs> there was evening, there was morning, the sixth day. All right. How many gods did y'all count there? 31? I think mine was high 20s. I think. But I probably missed some because... So, from, from, so, so here, this is discussion time. This is a, a free discussion here. Um, what did you get from that much repetition of that name that many times in one chapter? Well, not a question. We're, we're, we're feeding back answers, but tree frog, I'll get to you, okay? We're getting there. We're getting there. The creator, okay. Yeah, come on. There's no wrong answers here, guys. This is not a setup. This is, this is feedback time. I know people are like, oh, I'm going to say the wrong thing. Okay, that's the creator. We kind of got that. What, give, give us something else. Oh. He's a center. That would it be all of creation and everything, God would be the centermost figure and be the source and the center of it all. That why would God have to hear his name in his book 30-something times, or 28, I don't remember, we were right, it some translations have a little more, some a little less. Why would he have to hear his name that many times? Does he have an ego problem? It's for who? It's for us. So that we wouldn't get it twisted in creation and in our relationships with other people and creation that it is about us and not about God. That God would begin to layer himself in every single facet of the creation order so that you would know if you want the chaos to stop, if you want the darkness to stop, if you want the waters to part, if you want some dry ground to appear that you can actually stand on and get your footing, then you better make God the center of it all. That this is Elohim. That Elohim is saying... 
When I show up to chaos and I start speaking, order starts happening. When do things start getting bad? When a serpent starts talking and people start talking. How many of you know when God's not the center, was your life chaos or was it order? Yeah. Yeah. So here's the, here's the beauty of this. So in this garden that God is the center of, that he's the center of all, everything, that in this garden there's a knowledge a tree of knowledge of what? Good and evil. And then there's a tree of the knowledge of life. So one would be aimed at knowing, fellowshipping. And knowing in the Hebrew is an intimate word. You know, like when it says, when a couple gets married in the Bible, when it says, and then he knew her. It's intimate language. It's not just... Hey, how's it going? High five, right? It's like, they knew each other, okay? You see what I'm saying? So they had an option. God is the center of it all, and I take the life of God and walk in relationship with him, or door number two, and I take of the knowledge of good and evil and then I'll decide what's good and evil, and I won't need God at all. So Adam and Eve choose the good from the life, but refuse the life of the good. That in their attempt to get the knowledge of good and evil was their attempt to quit making God the center of it all. So out of all the chaos, right, as soon as this knowledge of good and evil, and I'll just work it out on my own and I can figure it out, you know, me and the devil, we got this thing. How many have ever said that? Yeah, yeah, me and the devil, we got this thing. We, we can. <laughs> what happens? What was once order starts to spiral back into chaos. So before each and every one of you, Elohim has put a tree. But he's not just put one tree, a tree of life that would make him the center of it all. He's put another tree that says, you can choose this tree too. But we've got history that's continued to bear itself out that if you choose this tree, you're going to decreate everything I'm trying to create in your life. And we've all seen it, right? Somebody, you ever... See somebody on fire and God's just blessing them and like all this stuff's going on. And the devil's slick, man. He just put this little offense there. Wanting you to take the bait. Puts this person in your life that ain't got no character, but they just look all right. And you're so lonely, you got to medicate it. Instead of waiting on God's best, you've been settling your whole life, and this is why you're in the mess you're in. Because you've yet to make God the center of it all. 
So you never know what the tree of life tastes like. All you know is the tree of religion, which tells you what's good and what's evil. So you end up hiding all your evil in your fig leaf bikini instead of being clothed in glory and walking with God in the cool of the day. The original fruit of the looms, man. And how engaging is the Lord? Adam, where are you? Do you think he knew where he was? But God's always putting forth the choice. So Adam, how pitiful did Adam look with that fig leaf draws and just... <laughs> I'm naked. <laughs> it's like, who told you? Isn't it funny he said he was naked even though he had covered himself? That some of our coverings are not sufficient to really cover up our nakedness and it shows in our behaviors. And so, and so this, is, this is lesson 101. He's like, oh, I was naked. And then what does he say? Who told you that? You know God never said he was naked? God never told him he was naked. He assumed that and walked in an identity of his own self-identification instead of the identity that God was giving him and what he had created him in the image of. He wasn't created in the image of something naked. He was created in the image of something glorious, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. So when we see Elohim, we see a really generic name, but with the clues around the really generic name, we find out what this Elohim is all about, right? And that sometimes a name is not defined by its descriptor or by its definition. A name is defined by the character of the one bearing it. That all of scripture would be trying to tell you who this Elohim is. And he would use a common name because his character means more than his proper name. Phew, that was pretty good. Somebody write, somebody write that down. That's a, and just put to the side, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't come up with that one. Listen, so it'd be like if I walked out into a shopping mall full of people and I said, John! Right? Somebody went, hmm? Or, I don't know, you know, common names. It's like the name for Jesus, Yeshua, was just Joshua. Lots of Jesuses. But when I say a common name, what comes to your mind when I say Jesus? Angelica, do you think of Jesus down the block? What do you think? You think of Jesus, even though it's a common name. Why would your name go to that? Because he doesn't need a fancy name. It's his character. It's who he is. It's the life within him. It's the miracle power that's in him that gives the name power. The name is something we put on things, but what it is is something greater than the name that's being put on it. Like, I've seen people named... I mean, great names, like the Lord's Chosen or something, right? And they're like the worst kid in the class, <laughs> right? It's like, I mean, shoot for the stars, but 
It has more to do with character. Right? So what God is displaying here as he's revealing to us this, this common name of himself, he said, I don't need a fancy name. Who I am is going to be enough for you. Who I am is going to be enough for you. I'm going to, I'm going to show up with a really common name. Matter of fact, it's going to have three letters. G-O-D. But packed within those three letters, the life-transforming power that pulls chaos out of situations and begins to place order into it all. So we find this first name here, Elohim. And uh, so a name reveals a lot, but a name can't always capture the idea of the object. So it's like God says, well, I'm just going to throw out a real common name and just let my character speak for itself, right? Because a name, but a name is important, right? Because, but is a name more important than the definition of what that name stands for. I don't know. I think they're both probably working together. Uh, Johnny Cash wrote a song, A Boy Named Sue. And it made him tough, right? Because, come on. Uh, it's like Adam's middle name. is He's Adam Laverne Saval. And thank you for sharing that with me <laughs> before service. So just because his middle name's Laverne, dude, he's like a, he's a super guy. Like, I would not, never judge him for that. I really don't know if that's his name, guys. I'm just having some fun. Hey, it was an L. Thank you, Lord. That was close. Lewis is great. No, Lewis is a great name. But, but what I'm saying is, is that, right, like, there's something deeper than just some words thrown around. And so this first chapter is really just trying to give us something about the character and nature of this Elohim. Now, whenever this word is used, it can be used for like uh, the demonic realm, for fallen angels, for good angels. Like it's, it's really just a generic spiritual term for a spiritual being. But when it's in reference to God, it'll always have a verb tense in singular form. And then, because Elohim is really plural. Like, if you see him on the end of Hebrew, it's like putting an S on the end of something in English. It makes it plural. So every one of these is a plural tense of God. Now, why would God refer to himself as a plural tense? Now, we can read the Bible backwards, right? Because we got the revelation of Jesus and Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, right? But I think God refers to himself in a plurality, because that's who he is. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But the verb tense would be not in a plural sense. So how do the scholars know when they're talking about the Elohim or Elohim? Got to look at the verb tense. If the verb tense is plural too, he's talking about the bad gods, the bad demons, the ones that aren't with him or of him. But when he's talking about the Elohim, then that's how you're going to see it in Scripture. But most of the time, the modern translations will capitalize it and just put Lord or, you know, God, give you some, give you some insight in who's being referenced there. 
So to find out what Elohim means, the Elohim, you have to look at the words around the word. What's he doing? What does he do when certain things happen? What does he do when he show up on chaos? We look in Genesis chapter 1. He starts putting order to it. So what can we learn about Elohim? Elohim likes to put order to chaos. And when he gets involved, things begin to create order. Not only do they create order, they begin to create life. Yeah. Life begins to happen when God's the center of it all. And that's why in our society, it's baffling to see a society that would try to take God out of everything. And we wonder why things are chaotic. And it's like, well, where's God? Is he in the center? No. Then let's quit being surprised. Is God the center of your life? No. Okay, then quit being surprised that all this stuff's going on. Like, just own it. Just say, yeah, okay, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Now, when God's the center of it all, he begins to start the process of putting it back together. Putting it back together. So El from the word Elohim means mighty. So it's like this mighty God. This plurality. All right, getting to you, tree frog. The us, my opinion, let us make God in our image. Seems to me that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are having a meeting and begin to start a planning session of what this figure that's going to house the glory of God is going to look like. Okay? So let us make man in our own image. Every other thing that was created, how was it created? Spoke it. How was man created? It's the first time God didn't just speak. He said, come here, let's call a meeting. Let's talk about it. God called a staff meeting within himself and said, let us make man in our image. And so all the angelic realm is watching this go down. And as this angelic realm is watching, they're probably thinking, whoa, God hit pause and quit talking and convened to plan this out. This is probably going to be so glorious, y'all. This is probably going to blow our minds. And do you know what God did? He stooped down into the clay (laughs) and starts forming out of clay. I think, I can't really prove it, but I think I can probably get pretty close. I think the reason why Satan wanted to trip up the men, because he thought he was more glorious than the dirt guy and was jealous that he got all the power and dominion while he had all the beauty. That as they were watching, they go, what? He stooped in the dirt. And we fast forward to Jesus, and he's like, all right, 
here we go. Dives right down to their feet and starts washing feet. It's like, what are you doing? Prostitute caught in the act of adultery. Where does he go? Right to the dirt. Start writing. <laughs> it's like God is just drawn to the lowest, the least, and the last. And that's the place he wants to dwell. It's almost Christmas season. Where was the place? Where was God's changing room for the great play of his glory and the redemption of the entire world? A womb. And not just any womb. An unwed teenager. <laughs> God, you sure like to show up in chaos. Yeah. Because I'm the only one that can put chaos to order. Because if I do it any other way, they'll begin to think that they did it because of their beauty. Not that they did it because of the greatness and the humility that's in my own heart and my love for them. So Elohim, creator, center of it all, but now, how do we see him in the very first introduction in Genesis 1.1? In the beginning, God created the heavens of the earth. And then it says in verse 2 that the Spirit of God was brooding over the waters. That God was hovering like a mother over a nest committed to the unformed life until it was fully formed and finished. So then when we see Elohim come up in other times in Scripture, uh, oh man, I got a lot of stuff. Too much content, not enough time. That's okay. So other times when Elohim is used. Uh, when he's encountering Noah and he makes covenant with Noah, he uses the word Elohim. And says, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to destroy the world with water again. So his name is being used and then here he is making covenant with Noah. Another place where Elohim is used. God shows up on Abraham. And he tells Abraham, I want to I create a covenant with you and I want you to walk blameless before me. The Bible says that Abraham falls on his face. You know what I've found? There's two kind of people. Those that fall on their face when they're approached with the problem and those that fall on their face when they're approached with the solution. Abraham's the kind of guy when the solution shows up, he falls on his face. <laughs> Most of us just falls down on problems. And you know what falling down is a representation of? Worship. So when you crumble in the face of adversity, you know what you're doing? 
Thank you, O great trouble. It's a worship of trouble. Worry is worship of trouble. That's why the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. Now, we're all in process, so don't let condemnation come on you right now. But I'm going to tell you what, we could all lean into God a little bit more. And uh, it'd be great if when God walked in, we'd fall down instead of falling down whenever all, when bad stuff walks in. That'd be a good tradition to start. Oh, God's here. Woo, plop. <laughs> Solution time, plop. <laughs> instead, it's like, oh, trouble, crumble. Yeah. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad, was it? I'm just kidding. I know. I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so not only do we see creator, we see covenant keeper. So now here's the cool thing about the scriptures. When the revelation unfolds, as you keep reading, you now can start back at the first and add all those definitions back in to the first chapter. So now we're not just reading Creator. When God is hovering over the chaotic waters, beginning to start creation, He's not just a Creator, He's a covenant keeper. So He's not just going to create it, He's going to keep it until it reaches its full maturity. That God will cover you and hover over your chaos until he brings you into full maturity. Mm -hmm. Not just creating, he's hovering. I'm going to bring it. Not just going to make it. I'm going to take care of it and raise it. Hello. Selohim, the covenant-keeping creator who's hovering over your chaos right now. <laughs> and uh, wants to do a mighty thing. God's name can't not be separated from his character. And so this is the first time we see God in this name. And next week we'll cover another name and we'll just keep going until we find out uh, more and more about who God is and how he's revealing himself in the scriptures. Okay, let's pray. God, we just thank you, God, that you're hovering over our chaos. <laughs> Everything in us says, I want to quit. I can't do this. I've tried it a million times and I've failed every single time. But instead of crumbling at the problem, or how we've identified ourselves, God. Now this time we fall down before the solution and say, we're not moving until you're finished doing what you're doing in me. So God, weave your creative words through the chaotic waters. <sighs> Release your covenant-keeping confidence into our lives where we would be filled with faith for the journey that's to come. That God, we won't be intimidated. We won't be intimidated 
God, like Joshua and Caleb in their 80s, we're still killing giants and taking mountains. <laughs> Had a walker with tennis balls taking mountains, killing giants. Come on. The covenant-keeping God doesn't sleep or slumber until he's finished what he started. And he's going to finish what he started in you. Don't run off. Plug into him and surrender your all to him. Your best days are ahead. Paul says, I don't consider this present suffering anything compared to the future glory that's coming. There's a glory coming that's so much greater. Don't give up. Don't give up. He'll keep the covenant. He'll forgive you when you mess up. He'll cleanse you with his blood. In Jesus' name. Something the Lord's been speaking to me is Maybe is anybody just hard on yourself sometimes? You just you mess up. Anybody? Okay, three people. Okay, that's great. That's cool. Three people. All right. Well, I'm speaking to the three in the room of saints, holy saints here. Um, you know what the Lord told me? That's what the Lord told me. He said, "Have as much grace for yourself as I have for you." I said, God, I can't do that. I can beat myself up. That ain't how it works. It works by surrender. It works by surrender. Yeah, I love Tim. I love what you shared that time where you were talking about when we explain like what worship is, we say, what do you do when somebody points a gun at you? Like that's a great way to explain worship. <laughs> and Tim caught on to it, and I never thought about it. And it's like, you know what? You put your hands up to say surrender, but it's like, Tim's like, well, yeah, okay, that's one thing. But he said, what if it's more like, all right, Dad, come here. Come, come pick me up. <laughs> like, lift me up. I need you right now. That's what my girls do. They don't go, Dad's got a gun. <laughs> they go, Dad. <laughs> Chaos. Well, come on up here. And you know their situation doesn't change? Just their perspective because they're being lifted up higher. Whew, Jesus. Y'all have a blessed night. Love you guys. Uh, you're going to make it. Just keep going. Keep going.